from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to the show. That's me, your host, Jake Skorheim. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for all the text messages. You guys have just been on fire with your guesses. I can play you any clip from any movie, and you guys are smart. Really, really smart. You get it really fast. The clip I played just a little bit ago, this is not the trivia question, but I had a tiny, tiny little drop in there. It said, the big W. And like a ton of you got it. Huh. Do you know what this is from, Lisa? This is this is unfair because this is actually not the trivia we're doing. But this is, uh, I'm going to play you a clip here. Do you think you could get this? This is very difficult. Everyone just nailed this immediately. Uh, where did I put it? Here it is. Ready? Yep. It's a big W. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> It's from It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, wow. which is like a movie from the 60s. Yeah. A ton of people got that. Sweet. Like immediately. They're very, very smart. Good job, everyone. All right. So um, this is hour number two of the show. Hour number two without chapstick for me. So I apologize for all my whip smacking. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this, but we're going to just work hard together. And, you know, I appreciate your prayers and all that. So I really, I can feel those prayers. Thank you, guys. I feel your pain. I forgot my chapstick today, Lisa. That's a problem. Do you, are you a chapstick user? Yeah, I would loan you mine, but I don't think that would probably be a good idea. Although no, no, no. Probably might, well. No, but I'm sure it would be fine, but it's yeah. it's just in this day and age. Not the same. Nobody yeah. shares chapstick anymore. No. no friendly kisses on the cheek. No. Um, do you, When you forget yours, doesn't it drive you nuts? It does, yeah. What is that? Yeah. It's like a drug addict. It's like it's as bad as being a drug addict. We talk for a living. So yeah, so your lips constantly. You need them, yeah. I was like, I'm I'm licking myself this off. whole time. Yeah. It's gross. It's not that bad. I mean- I chew gum, so it's okay. All right, uh, here's the clip. Here's the trivia clip. Lisa, good luck. Listeners, if you haven't guessed yet, welcome to get them in on the text line, 888-973-5476, or just wait till the end of the clip, and then I will tell you. Here you go, Lisa. Okay. If you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to 11. Oh. Look, right across the board. Oh. 11, oh, 11, and most of 11, and then Amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not <laughs> 10. You see, most most blokes, you're going to be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. Exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff you know what we do put it up to 11. 11 exactly one louder why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder these go to 11 <laughs> that's the best part of it <laughs> no it's awesome yeah <laughs> all right what's the answer well, one of the funniest movies of all time this is spinal tap yes very good mockumentary the first mockumentary yeah the first mockumentary that Anyone ever did? They just no, cre- I don't think so. The Ruddles, I think, was the first uh, documentary. Yes. Forgot about that. Was that a full-on movie? Yeah, yeah. Stop and I bought again. their album too. <laughs> it, but it was it was a movie. Yeah. This is or introducing thought, the Ruddles. Or I always thought Spinal Tap was like credited with inventing a new category. Well, but. it kind of it kind of is. It's sort of that. Uh, follow you with the camera, kind of fakey, livey kind of a thing. So yeah. in that sense, and it's the Christopher Guest, and I think Christopher Guest was part of this. And it's That was Christopher Guest yeah. we were just hearing, and Rob so, Reiner. And all of his after follow that same yeah. pattern. But I think this is the Ruddles was more of the interviewing of academics, you know, looking slightly off to the side of the camera. And oh, got it. Narration yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Okay. Do you watch those Christopher Guest movies? Every one of them. I love those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those Does everybody love them? They're just yeah. so good. The best. Everyone, what's yeah. your favorite? 
This is not what we plan on talking about. Dog show. The one about the dog show. Oh, best show. Best show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Best yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. It's a bee. It's a bee, Kendrick. It's just great. What was it? Oh, yeah. Bring me the busy bee. The busy bee. And they both got the braces, <laughs> yes. you know, as adults. <laughs> Matt, what's your favorite uh, guest uh, movie? Best in show would have to take it for me yeah. as well. I agree with Lisa. You know which one I love? I just can't get enough of it is A Mighty Wind. Oh, oh that was good, beautiful. too. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. And it, not only is it so good, it's actually got some amazing folk music yeah. in it. And yeah. I'm not like a big folk music guy, but it's just really, really good. And uh, what's his name? It's uh, Michael McKean, mm-hmm. right? Yep. He's one of the cast. Mm-hmm. He's one of the guys. Um, he actually, he and his wife, Christopher Guest, came to them before the Mighty Wind movie was released because he and Christopher he and Christopher Guest right you know work on all those together and he says sorry my nom, 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 my lips <laughs> and uh he said hey because uh, Michael McKean writes music he actually is a musician I mean because they really play those instruments yeah. those oh, guys okay. and they did the folksman like all the way back in the 1980s wow. or something on SNL like those are those are long-standing characters of theirs and so those folksman guys uh, so he went to Michael McKean and he said hey can you write a song for one of the finale songs of A Mighty Wind. And so, because he'd written a few of them. And so he said, yeah, I can write a song. So he and his wife, who write together, Michael McKean and his wife, wrote together, and they wrote that song, A Kiss at the End of the Rainbow. And it was like this really, really sweet song. Yeah. And, you know, as a kiss at the end of the rainbow, more precious than a pot of gold. Just a very, very sweet song. And he wrote it earnestly. Like, it, there's no joke. And so he brings it back to Christopher Guest. I heard this in a podcast the other day, so just bear with me, folks. Yeah, he brings it back to Christopher Guest before production starts, and he says, "Here's the song." And Christopher Guest goes, "It's okay, but it's uh, uh, it's not funny." I was hoping it would have a joke. I really would love to have something that has a joke. And so Michael McKean goes off, and and and, and Michael McKean, and he goes off, and he writes some other songs for the movie, which are funny. You know, like some of the main New Main Street singer songs, which are hilarious. So, but that song stays with Christopher Guest, whose wife Jamie Lee Curtis then hears the song. And she goes, this is actually an amazing song. Like, this is a really, really good song. You need to put this in the movie. And he goes, well, it's not funny. She goes, well, you're wrong. You're putting it in the movie. So they put it in the movie, and instead they decide that the end of that movie, spoiler alert, when Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara's characters finally, are they going to sing? Are they? Aren't they going to kiss? And they do that thing. It was such an impactful moment that they didn't even try to make a joke. They were like, it's just such a sweet moment. It kind of is, it's better than us coming up with some great, big, funny ending to the movie. And then... Michael McKean for the for the uh, um, he was nominated I think for an Academy Award for, for that best song, song? Wow. for best song. Isn't that amazing? That's cool. Yeah, very cool. Good movie. Not what we're talking about right now. All right, let's get to it. Uh, this is the news roundup. In the news roundup, we look back on all the other shows and we see what they talked about, and then we talk about it, and it's just like levels upon levels upon levels of talking. You guys are gonna love it. I know you will. Seattle's morning news: a broadcast icon passes away at 91. Dave Ross pays a tribute. I did not get into the radio business as an opinion giver. I was a straight-up reporter. But back in 1992, I started filling in for Charles Osgood on CBS Radio. And because of that, CBS gave me a daily commentary slot of my own. And at the time, Cairo said, okay, we'll let you freelance if you do a local version for us. And all these years later, here we are. So today, in honor of Mr. Osgood, who passed away yesterday, here is the one commentary that we did together. It was broadcast in April of 1992, just before Earth Day. I'm not sure it stood the test of time, but here it is. Say, Dave, we got Earth Day coming up, don't we? Yes, we do. I suppose the leaders of the world will be sitting around negotiating the fate of the Earth. 
Tell you what, Dave, why don't we pretend that we're a couple of world leaders seated across a polished marble table in some gilded hotel room preparing to negotiate the fate of the Earth? Better yet, we could sing it. You go first. There's a hole in the ozone, dear David, dear David. There's a hole in the ozone, so what will we do? Let's appoint a commission, dear Charlie, dear Charlie. A commission of experts, yes, that's what we'll do. And when they have finished, dear David, dear David, when they turn their report in, then what will we do? Why, we'll ignore their conclusions, dear Charlie, dear Charlie. Say it needs much more study. Yes, that's what we'll do. But, but supposing the people don't trust us, don't trust us. Suppose they want action, then what will we do? Suppose they want action, eh? Let me think. Wait a second. I have an idea. Give them vouchers for sunscreen, dear Charlie, dear Charlie. A brand new entitlement. Yes, that's what we'll do. Beautiful job. Your voice isn't half bad. <laughs> Not half good, is it? <laughs> you two were quite a team. Yeah. You know, uh, he's got a great voice. I mean, I, Dave is fine too, but Charles Osgood, he, well, had, a, he had a great voice. Really. Aren't we lucky to have had those both of those people here on Cairo for so many years? Why is it that voices sound, is it just, is it the? Is it because it was taped? And like Dave's voice sounds way higher. Dave is he, way younger. Was that it? Absolutely. I so to as it. your voice gets older, your timbre gets lower? I and believe, like, yes, for the most part, I think. So like what I sound like right now, in 20 years, I'm going to listen yeah. to myself and go, oh my gosh, you sounded Probably. like a mouse squeaking. Yeah. I listen to old tapes, you know, I've, I've been doing this for 40 years. Do you find that your voice is lower? Or my gotten, voice is... The register's gotten yes. deeper? Or yes. what? Oh, same with me. My gosh, when I listen to, you know, my air checks were 20 years old, I'm like, who was that? What happened? What does Matt going to sound like in 20 years? He's just going to be a bass. Oh, a he's already got such profundo, a low, He's already got such a low voice. It's going to be a... Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, that was yeah. That's a that's that's a, a ninety one years old. Uh, quite a career. All right, let's do. Um, let's see. Oh, Matt made a note here. You delivered a newscast in front of him at one point in your career. Is that right? Oh, I did. Yes, I, I did get to meet Charles Osgood. I was working at the, the former King Ten Ninety Radio, and uh, as a, a news anchor, and Charles had written a book and was making the rounds, and he came into the studio, and we did just like here, we did newscasts in the main studio with the the talk show hosts and so forth. And Charles Osgood was sitting as close to me as you are to me, which is about you know four and a half feet. And yeah. I had a newscast that I had written, and I brought it in, and I read my newscast right in front of Charles Osgood, which was kind of nerve-wracking. And then I asked him to autograph it, and he did, and I still have that newscast. Really? Yeah, with Charles Osgood. Oh, that's autograph. cool. Yeah. That's a neat story. Was, was cool. he a nice guy? He seemed he like a very cool guy. very nice. Yes, very nice. That's pretty neat. It's nice when you can meet people that you admire, and they end up being just as cool. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. All right, uh, G and Ursula, they tackle the most controversial topic in cookie culture. All right, Matt, we only have time for... Probably two more. We have three more clips to play. I need you to tell me, because you've heard all these. Which one should I play? All right, the Gene Ursula and the Giant Sherry. All right, start with Gene Ursula here. Something about cookies. If you're looking for uh, a little glass of milk with a cookie here, Ursula, <laughs> the Seattle Times has a perfect oatmeal cookie recipe for the raisin haters out there. Apparently, raisins 
conjure some strong feelings in folks. They recommend a dab of blueberry jam in place of the raisins. Oh, yeah. So, Ursula, your feelings on raisins, do yeah. they ever belong in cookies? No. I'm going to pause it there real fast. I don't know in my life if I've ever had blueberry jam. Yeah, I don't know either. Blueberry jam? Is yeah, that I don't a thing? think I have. Yeah. Is that, have you ever tried it? No, I've never. Where had do we it. get blueberry jam? Well, they have a lot of blueberries here. I'm sure there's farms that has somebody it. made a jam out of it. Sure, I'm sure. You Actually, can jam I, out of everything. Yeah, I, I think that that what is the Marie something with the with the red and white Antoinette. No, the red and white checkered top, the expensive jam in the grocery Claire? store. I don't, I don't think that's the last name. Marie it's Claire. Something Marie. Anyway, they do a blueberry. I've seen it, and I've Marie never bought it. Marie Osmond. Yes, I think it's Marie Osmond that's jam. It. Yeah. That's it. Marie Osmond. Did you guys ever watch uh, that? That Don. Donnie and Marie? Donnie and Marie, Every right? week? You watch them? Absolutely. What do you think the secret to that show was? I think it was a sexu- sexual chemistry. No. <laughs> <laughs> no? You guys don't think so? All right, let's get back to Gene Ursula. No, ra- raisins are the thing that will ruin a cookie for me. If there are raisins in a cookie, those cookies will stay exactly where they've been placed, and they will not move. They will become hockey pucks. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Raisins are a sad excuse for an addition to anything. Like, what are raisins good for? Come on, what? <laughs> I gotta what, tell you. What has been enhanced by adding a raisin? You know what, Ursula? Am I missing have you, something? Have you, have what, you ever. Potato salad? That's exactly where a raisin does not belong. Have you ever Ooh. made fun of something? In front of people, I have made fun of people, all of y'all, the, you know, uh, the potlucks, and you just guys just want to put raisins in everything. You just mess it up. And I, I don't know what that's been about, right? It's been, it's chef, your delegation, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, <laughs> I stand corrected. What, I am what, what all did you about eat? the raisins. That's because now you're eating oatmeal, and you're desperate for something sweet. So Raisins <laughs> go in there. Raisin, raisin bran is you good. T- you, I'll take uh, again, raisins some cookies. I'll take that. The raisins. And brand without the raisins would just be like eating dust. And I'm ready. <laughs> Ursula, you know what I'm saying? Look, look, look. It's like we uh Wheaties basically is what raisin bran is without without no. the raisins, right? Isn't there just Wheaties? Well, kind of. Wheaties kind is, of, yeah. Wheaties yeah. is a, it's exactly that. The brand yeah. cereal. Yeah. I which I and I love Wheaties. Yeah, Wheaties are good. I love and I love raisins. Do you guys eat raisins? I love raisin bran. I like raisins. Uh, raisins are great in um, carrot cake, hummingbird cake, noodle kugel, all right, and oatmeal, but not oatmeal we, cookies. We've had enough of raisins. Let's move on. What? <laughs> Why did we raise in that topic in the first place? Uh, ah. Let's move on from raisins, guys. Come on. We can do better than that. John and Sherry, a TikTok user, is upset at Chase Bank. This sounds a little more our speed. TikToker outraged that predatory Chase Bank doubled her credit card limit oh, yes. without asking. So this is a woman who is was in debt for a long time. She was finally getting out of debt and she yeah. is holding calling Chevy Chase Bank or Chase Bank uh, predatory because they had the audacity to double her credit limit, which is just a temptation now for her to do it. So it's their fault. And, and she will explain. Oh, yes. Actually, Somewhere. she won't. She's Yeah, Sherry. She, she, she does want to talk to you. It's riddled what? with profanities, and I didn't check it before I put it in your box. So, yeah, that's not going to work. Riddled with profanity. Okay. And the reason millions of people watch it because... Of- I can tell you that that is good producing right there. <laughs> <laughs> Having been a producer. <laughs> no, Joe's a good guy. I'm sure he means well. They're like, oh, God, you're so dumb, right? It's- they gave her extra credit, and she says, I, I don't, she can't be trusted with it. 
and it's her, their fault, not hers. They took her from whatever five thousand to ten thousand, and now it's there for her, and she can't trust herself for the additional credit. So she's all mad at them. Yeah, it's dumb. And she she wants to sue them. Is that right? She doesn't want to sue them, but I think she wants to be uh, somehow vindicated that this isn't that this is something that they're doing that is wrong with people like her because, again, the temptation is too much. She's worked really hard. She's paid over $5,000 in interest rates uh, already just trying to pay her, her bills back, and now they offer her this. Uh, she says it's, it's, it's just too much. Not, not, that, not that she is responsible for getting herself into debt or that she mm-hmm. could cut up the credit cards and not use them anymore or do all kinds of things to take responsibility. No, it's the credit card company's fault because now it's her credit limit with two cards is up to about $46,000. Do you guys think that uh, she has a fair point there? Should she be upset at the bank or do you think she should just cut up the cards? There is no way that Chase Bank can monitor everybody's card and know their psychology. They're in the business of granting people credit. So if her credit is at a point where they can up her limit, that's a part of their algorithm. They don't know specifically that they're tempting her with more credit. You don't think so? Lisa, what do you think? I I don't think that she has any reason to be mad at Chase. She needs some self-control. I would cut the card up if I were her and perhaps get another one with a much smaller limit. You know what we did is, uh, you know, we, we don't even, I don't even carry my credit card with me because I don't want to, I just don't like the idea of putting money on it because you feel like you're spending money, but you're actually spending money plus some. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back to get you later on. And especially if you forget to like pay it off or whatever it is, like it can really, it can really be a pain. Um, so I, I hide it for myself. I'm <laughs> like, I don't want anything you to do You don't trust it. yourself? Well, I guess I trust myself, but I don't, I don't, no, I don't trust myself not to use it. Cause I just, if I'm paying for gas or something like that, whatever's the closest card, I will grab and swipe. So what if you like had a, a, a breakdown on your car yeah, and emergency. they needed some, a great I amount. I call AAA. Okay. But you needed a great amount of money immediately to get it fixed. What well, would you there, do? There's just no situation where that would happen. I would call okay. my wife and I would say, Hey, Knocking wife, <laughs> come and ha-. Like if I'm in a situation where what I need to write them a check or uh, I need to swipe a card and yeah. spend 25 grand or something like that? You know, 10 grand. Well, after calling your wife, you might need to swipe that at a jewelry store. Well, that's it. Like, if I have to make that if I have to make Whoa. that immediate decision, that's not something that I would want to do. I mean, like, if I have to... None of us If would. I have to immediately go, oh, you need five grand immediately, then I would take... I would pump the brakes. Okay. So I just I just don't anticipate... May it never happen to you. May it never happen to me. Absolutely. All right. We got a lot more coming up on the show. Um... There's so much great stuff. I, I'm not even sure what we're going to get to next. We have so much. Our cup runneth over. We're not even going to get to it all. So stick around. We're going to get to that next on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to the show. All right, I got a bunch of audio to get through in this segment. A bunch of political stuff. Some stuff you're going to find interesting. Some stuff you might find confusing going to be a journey. We're going to go through all of it together, so just sit back and relax. It's all go down easier if you have a drink. All right, so yesterday, we saw that Trump won in New Hampshire, which some people were excited about, some people were terrified of. New Hampshire? Nikki Haley got up on stage right after the, uh, the right after they basically figured out that Trump was winning by, I think, 14 points at, at one point, and she got up and gave a speech that sounded like 
kind of she was not giving up. I think a lot of people thought she might concede or or step away. And no, that's not what she's going to be doing. I want to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory tonight. He earned it. And I want to acknowledge that. Now, you've all heard the chatter among the political class. They're falling all over themselves saying this race is over. That one guy, it's not over. No way. I have news for all of them. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. Technically true. You hear those bells in the background? Aren't those reserved usually for like Olympic ski runs, things like that? This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. She's right. Technically, there are dozens of states left to go. The problem that she's facing now is money. She's going to have to pay a lot of money to keep this thing going. She's unlikely to gain any ground because in the upcoming states, Trump's already looking good. And he's got a ton of he's got a ton of support behind him. So people are asking why she's staying in the speech. Now, Trump, he gave his speech last night in New Hampshire as well. I have a quick clip from that. I will play for you here in just a second. But again, yeah, he was in New Hampshire last night as well. New Hampshire. He made note of Haley's speech, reminding the audience that she did actually lose. I have to tell you, it was very interesting because I said, wow, what a great victory. But then somebody ran up to the stage all dressed up nicely. When it was at seven, but now I just walked up and it's at 14. But but she ran up when it was seven. And, you know, we have to do what's good for our party. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. (laughs) The way this guy talks is so imitatable. I guess is the word. I don't even know if that's a word. We played you that clip from James Austin Johnson. Go back in the podcast. If you listen to the podcast, go find where we played the Trump imitators. James Austin Johnson is just amazing at his Trump imitation. In fact, I'm going to pull it up for you here really fast just because I feel like I have to. It's that good. Let me see if I can find it here. James Austin Johnson. Here it is. Bingo, bango, bongo. All right. So this is him doing his Trump impression. And again, this guy is just doesn't look anything like Trump, and it just sounds exactly like Trump. Um, do you want then, to do it a little bit? Then our guest, Whit Thomas, was like, hey, Tra- you, weren't you a comic back then in the 2000s in New York? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, there's, you know what? It was so wonderful to be with comedy. You know what? With comedy, it was never about the shows. Listen to that real fast. I'm just going to play you a side-by-side. Listen to this, how close this is. It's unbelievable to me. I have to tell you, it was very interesting because I said, wow, what a great victory. But then somebody ran up to the stage all dressed up. That's Trump. (laughs) It was never about the shows. It was about the diner afterwards. We loved diner. (laughs) And I would. I'd be eating pancakes. Oh, my gosh. I wish I could do a Trump impression or a Biden impression. Or just any impression would be so much fun. A lot of people can do walking. I can't do any of them. Anyway. 
people are asking themselves, Trump himself, you know, other people, other folks around the country are asking themselves, why would Nikki Haley stay in this race if she has no clear path to victory? It's just going to cost her a ton of money. It's just going to cost her donors a ton of money. Joy Behar from The View, she has an idea about why Nikki Haley's hanging out. I need you guys to tell me why she thinks there is a path forward, because she's not she's not removing herself. So well, in the words of Lawrence O'Donnell, maybe he'll choke on a cheeseburger. <laughs> so I guess she's suggesting she's like a buzzard, basically like circling. Like if he actually, if something bad happens to him, then Nikki Haley is going to be there. Although I don't think that's how it works. I don't think Nikki Haley just gets to step in and be the heir apparent. I think there's actually a bunch of delegates who would then step in and decide, and they would vote. Who knows if she would even be the person who who they but choose? She's probably the next most likely, given the DeSantis dropped out. Uh, no, because it's not up to that's it's not a it's not a culmination of all the states voting and then they add it up at the end. It would be the delegates at the GOP convention. They would decide at that point if Trump dropped out or he passed away. Well, I think she would still be the likely candidate if that happened. But it probably won't. So, I yeah. Who knows if the delegates would support her? Um, so okay. So here's where more people are talking about New Hampshire. Van Jones was on CNN last night, and he was talking about the results on CNN. And again, Van Jones was saying Democrats should be very aware. What is this message sending that Trump could win so resounding of a victory in a place like New Hampshire? With the messages to Democrats, according to Van Jones who should know a thing or two about politics. He worked for Obama, and now he does uh, commentary on CNN. He said, clearly what this means is that the GOP does not think much of President Joe Biden. They think his fragility is a problem, and so they don't mind sending Trump back in there. I do think that what David's point to is, is important. Part of what we're looking at as Trump's strength, uh, his resilience, is really a reflection of Biden's uh, fragility. Uh, Republicans are not afraid of Joe Biden. They're not afraid. Uh, They they don't think that by putting up somebody this damaged, frankly, this deranged, with this many deficits, is going to hurt them at all. Because the polls show over and over again that even with 978 felonies, he's still neck and neck with Biden. And so it's a a worrying sign. You're you're correct. There's some worrying signs for, for Trump. There's to be worrying signs for Democrats. So the worrying signs for Democrats that uh, Van Jones is referring to is the problem with Biden is that he is very, very old. He's 81 years old, and he has kind of a problem right now in speeches that he gives. He tends to lose his track of mind from time to time, and he just starts talking. He was speaking in Virginia last night. He was giving a speech that wasn't even that long. I think he was only on stage for like 10 minutes. And at one point, he just starts talking, and it sounds kind of like gibberish, and people really can't tell what he's saying. And the more that these clips get out there and the more that people see these things, they go, hey, you know what? Is this 81-year-old guy the guy that we want to throw our support behind? But on the other side, their only other option is Trump. So they probably would still go with Biden if they're anywhere close to wanting to vote for Biden, and they just don't, they maybe think he's too old. But the gibberish stuff is not great. Here's, here he is in Virginia last night. <laughs> That you won't get distracted, and I'm betting, come November, we will vote on record numbers. And when we do that, we'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. It's tough to decipher what he says at the end there. I'm not, well, I'll play it again for you. I think I have a handle on what he's trying to say. We'll teach... Donald Trump, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. 
Don't mess with the women of America unless you want to get the benefit. Yeah, it sounded like he said benefit. What he means is the consequences. Yeah, no, I, I know what he I know what he meant. What he meant to say, he did not say that though. So when you have clips like that, and that was everywhere on the internet yesterday, people get worried about that. Somebody posted this, and I, I you know, I felt bad, but this is kind of what it sounded like. Do you remember that in Liar Liar, Jim Carrey? Because he oh, can't yeah. lie. Yep. And so he just starts talking gibberish and everyone's like, what is this guy saying? People are noticing that with Biden and that's a problem. If I were on Biden's campaign, what I would do is I would just have him stop giving speeches completely. I just wouldn't do it. I would release statements. I would release videos. Uh, I would film a lot of stuff in the Oval Office. The Oval Office is a powerful, powerful image. And if you can see the Oval Office up there on the screen and you see Biden, then maybe you can start connecting the dots and making people feel more confident. But like Van Jones says, his fragility is a real problem. So we're going to see if that's going to be an issue as the, uh, you know, as the election date gets closer and closer. But who knows? All right. We got a lot more coming up on the show. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorehide. Welcome back to the show. It's me, your best friend, Jake Scorehide. Welcome back. All right, I got a couple of things to talk about movie-wise. There was the Oscar nominations. Was that just yesterday morning? That's right, the Oscar nominations yesterday morning. There was some, um, some controversy because there's a big movie this year called Barbie. You ever heard of it? And it came out and it made a ton of money, like a ton of money. I think it made more than a billion dollars. And the main actress in that movie is a girl named Margot Robbie. She's been in a ton of stuff. She's great. The director is a lady named Greta Gerwig. And she's done some good movies as well. Neither of them were nominated. And they called that a snub. And so the only person who did get nominated, the well, there was a bunch of nominations to that movie actually, but like of the acting... Ryan Gosling got nominated, which is funny and ironic because the movie is about kind of it's about like how men get all the attention and it should be a movie about Barbie. So Ryan Gosling, who plays Ken and in the movie, Ken is realizing that he's nothing without Barbie is the only one to get nominated. So people are noticing that and they thought it was kind of funny and they thought it was a controversy. I don't know how much of a controversy it is. All of the I mean, it's it's voted on by people in the Academy. So I don't you know, who knows? But Hillary Clinton tweeted about it. She decided to get into the Barbie fray. And she said, Greta and Margot, and I don't know, maybe she knows them, but she could be friends. She said, Greta and Margot, while it can sting to win the box office but not take home the gold, your millions of fans love you. You're both so much more than Knuff, like spelled like Ken and enough, like Knuff. Hashtag Hillary Barbie. And so, so that's her little comment, a way to talk about it. And I'm wondering if a Hillary Barbie might actually be an interesting addition to the Mattel lineup. I don't know how they'd make the tiny pantsuits. I don't know how well they'd sell, but I do think it'd be an interesting thing. And I think Mattel should consider it. The other thing I wanted to tell you really fast, I saw this and I was fascinated by this. This also made me feel really old. Uh, Catherine O'Hara, she is the mom from Home Alone. You might remember her. She plays uh, She plays the mom. Kevin! She leaves home and leaves little Macaulay Culkin home alone and... That's what the movie's about. He's home alone. 
she was interviewed in People Magazine recently, and she was saying that Macaulay Culkin, she was asked about, she recently went to, Macaulay Culkin recently got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Macaulay Culkin, who was, I think, seven when they filmed uh, Home Alone, is now 43 years old. So if that makes you feel old, it should. Uh, so Catherine O'Hara, who's phenomenal and has gone on to be so many wonderful things, she plays, uh, is it Moira in Schitt's Creek? If you guys haven't seen Schitt's Creek, it is one of the funniest, if not, I mean, it's just like one of the top five funniest sitcoms of all time. It's just brilliant. Go watch it. She is so good in it. She's just so funny. She's so quotable. Everything she says is a line that you could quote back. Very, very funny. But she was talking to People Magazine, and she said that Macaulay Culkin now at 43 is older than she was than when she played his mother in the films. She was apparently only 32 years old when they filmed the movie back in 1990. Uh, when the movie came out, she was she turned 34. So yeah, she was like 10 years older almost, or 10 years younger almost than Macaulay Culkin is now, which is kind of bizarre to think about. But she did say she says Macaulay's grown up so much. He's got such a lovely wife. He's got two beautiful kids. He seems to be really really happy, and she's really really happy for him. And I thought that was kind of neat because when you think about how somebody's aged like that, she's now 69 years old. She looks fantastic, but she was only 32 when that movie came out, and now Macaulay Culkin is so much older than her. And that just made me feel like an old person. That also is in a series on Netflix. You should watch this if you haven't. Uh, it's called The Movies That Made Us. Have you seen those on Netflix? I have not. It's so good. It's got so the many movies great movies that in made it. Made Us. Yeah, it's got okay. some fantastic movies in it. And it, like each episode, just like 30 minutes long, they talk to the cast and crew and the writers and the creators of these movies that were like just huge in our childhood, like Home Alone, Jurassic Park. Uh, I think Terminator is one of them. So go back and watch it on. It's on Netflix. You're not gonna. You're not gonna want to miss it. Certainly will. Yeah, Sounds it's really good. really good. All right, we've got a lot more coming up. I promise. And if you guys want to hear me sing, I know you don't. Nobody asked to. But if you want to hear me sing, go to the Kyra Knight's Facebook page right now. I have a video up there. I shared some uh, some of my lyrics with you of a song, and you have a chance to hear that. You probably don't want to hear it, so don't listen to it if you like good singing. But if you don't mind bad singing. Check it out. You can also find it on the Instagram page and the Facebook page and the X page, formerly Twitter, all that stuff. But we got a lot more coming up. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights.